Welcome to the Barack Obama Approved World's Greatest Podcast. Hyphenation. I'm your host, the one, the only, Kellen Conley. How is everybody doing today? I'm hella excited. Happy to be here doing the pod as usual. I'm real pumped. And you know what that means. Morgantown Weather Report. That's right. It is currently 49 degrees here. Cloudy. Uh, looking at tomorrow's forecast. Eh, oh, 60 and my air conditioning is still not fixed. Nice. Uh, partly cloudy. Uh, looks like it's going to be a very pretty day tomorrow. Looking at the 10 day though. Snow on Saturday. I've seen one to three inches. I've seen five to seven inches. Who knows? Who knows? 31 degrees. And then after that, 42, 59, 60, 66, 70, 70. (laughs) It's March. I hate March. I don't even remember why. I always just kind of said I hated March because I probably because I got in trouble a lot in March as a youth when I say trouble, I get in trouble in school and get punished and get stuff taken away from me, you know. Not nothing real crazy, but crazy enough. So oh man, I, I'm I'm hyped. I'm hyped. I'm real hyped. I'm just gonna jump into some some quick topics here because there's one thing I want to to concentrate this episode on, and we're gonna get to it. That is not what I was looking for. Uh, Here we go. Mm, Okay. Real quick, some album recommendations. Listen to Snoop's new album, Back on Death Row. It's a very good album. Out of 10, I would give it a, I think it's a six and a half. Uh, It would be in the top half of his discography. Nice to see. Snoop has actually been on the low putting out really good albums here the past few years because he's become such a media personality. And oh, shout out to Jay for saying that he was going to walk away from the NFL deal with Rock Nation if they didn't do the halftime show this year. Super dope, Jay. You know I'm always a pro-Jay guy here on Hyphenation, the Barack Obama-approved World's Greatest Podcast. But Snoop has quietly been putting out some really dope music the last few years. Um, really after he dropped that gospel album and I'm not looking, but he had, uh, an album called never left. He had another joint that he put out and there's an album from last year. I think that I haven't listened to. He's quietly been consistently putting together great music. And the fact that he's been able to, to purchase death row after all this time and his, his whole career come full circle to where he was signed by death row and Suge Knight and Dr. Dre to actually owning death row and moving it into the NFT realm, which is crazy. Shout out to Snoop for that one. Um, yeah, I can't, I can't be mad at him. And the album's dope. The album is really dope. Um, nothing that I had to revisit immediately, but from top to bottom, it, it's, it's a good album. Um, so definitely check out Bodr or Back on Death Row. Just discovered this artist who just dropped a new album on March the fourth. I just found out. I haven't listened to it yet. Koji Radical, he's from the UK. I don't know if this is one of those those uh, albums I picked up from TikTok. Somebody's like, oh, check out Ko- Koji Radical. He has some really dope music. And I was like, oh, sh- certainly. I'll get right on that. So, yeah, I listened to his album, Cashmere Cheers. It came out in 2019. And the first half is really strong. I was really impressed. But then it switches gears. And it's not a bad thing. It shows his versatility because the album becomes more mellowed out it becomes more melody driven <clears throat> excuse me and it, it just becomes like a whole different animal because the first couple tracks is just like bars 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 and i'm like yo i'm i'm feeling this man i'm really liking this so if you haven't checked out koji radical definitely cashmere tears he has a new album out check that out as well <sighs> what else oh so after all the whining about wanting to be traded to a contender and Green Bay not wanting to be winners and blah, 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 and pretty much causing a big old stir in Green Bay's pretty much normally uh, smooth sailing of a franchise. 
Aaron Rodgers got a $200 million deal for four years. Mind you, the man's coming off an MVP season. Mind you, the Packers made it to the second round of playoffs. Didn't they? I don't know. I just, I just know the Rams won. Um, the Packers were one of the best teams in the league last year, but for I saw somebody say it was a bit anticlimactic because we we waited, like he literally held the franchise and the fan base hostage all year round just to get a huge raise, which he probably was he was worthy of before he decided to grow his hair all weird and become a colossal jerk, <laughs> his, um, including his anti-vax comments. Um, yeah, I don't fault him for not telling people. I mean, the NFL knew. That's who was supposed to know. But, and, and, and I mean, it was nobody else's business if he was vaxxed or not. So the whole, he let us on thing, I mean, it's, it's whatever, whatever. He didn't have to tell you if he was vaccinated. He didn't have to keep running his mouth about why vaccinations are dumb. But I digress. He got $200 million. <sighs> yeah, from the Packers. The Packers have essentially wasted their draft pick on Jordan Love a few years ago, which, if you recall, Rodgers was mad about that. Although Rodgers was... Once drafted to replace Brett Favre, and he ultimately did, and he waited his turn. Of course, the times have changed with social media becoming out of control since then and narratives being spun and everybody having a hot take. This episode is sponsored by Coke Zero, by the way. But, yeah. He essentially bullied the Packers into a corner and forced them to give him the biggest contract in NFL history for four seasons that he might not even make it through. Knock on wood, Packers fans. I hope he does, but it's a little crazy. All right. I'm just saying, but I mean, I haven't looked at the contract. I don't know how the money breaks down. I don't know how much he's guaranteed. Yada, yada, yada. Hopefully the Packers built, built some, insulation into that so that they're not completely out $200 million for four seasons. But that that's, that's where we're at. So that happened. Then the Seahawks decided today's a good day to trade Russell Wilson, who pretty much towed the line between I'm not happy. I'm happy in Seattle last year. And last I heard he was like, it's whatever they traded him. All the other teams in the NFL. I knew the Raiders weren't going to trade for him. But out of all the other teams in the NFL, there's three teams, three teams that did not need Russell Wilson. The Kansas City Chiefs, the AFC runner, uh, you know, those guys who lost an AFC championship game this year. The San Diego Chargers, who already have Justin Herbert, who was literally an overtime away from going to the playoffs in his rookie year this season, but my Raiders took him out. And then there's the Denver Broncos. Not only did they have Teddy Bridgewater, but poor Teddy. I mean, the guy just can't catch a break. Hopefully, I assume he's going to be the backup in Denver. You know, at this point, you you just kind of know that he's never going to... I mean, he... He he's just never gonna live up to the potential, man. With the with the knee injuries that happened initially, you kind of figured, but this is definitely a nail on the Teddy Bridgewater starting quarterback chapter in the NFL. They traded him to the Denver Broncos of all friggin' places. Why? Why do the NFL gods hate the Raiders? Why? I mean, first it was uh, what Gruden had sent some insensitive emails, and I don't remember what the initial story was, which blew up into 
Gruden's uh, homophobic and racist, and he sent the emails, but nobody else did. We just got John Gruden. Good riddance. Uh, of course, had the horrible uh, accident that happened with Ruggs this season where he killed somebody because he was under the influence. That Gruden, you thought, would slow momentum. But Ruggs really kind of put, put the brakes on our season. We rallied. We made the playoffs for the first time since 2016. We were, the, the Bengals jumped us from the, from the start. They did. But we clawed our way back in that game, and we were a few plays away from possibly advancing. Obviously, we lost to the Super Bowl runner-up, so, I mean, that's nothing to be sad about. But now, <laughs> Russell Wilson is coming into our division. So now we got to see him twice a year. We got to see Herbert twice a year. And we got to see Mahomes twice a year. So those are potentially six losses every season. Potentially. Because I don't know what our team's going to do this year. I don't know what um, McDaniels. Is that even our coach's name, man? <laughs> I, I know who it is. But I, I just want to also make sure that I'm not royally screwing it up. Podcast the 101. Excuse me again. Josh McDaniels, yes. He was a former coach of the Broncos uh, during the Tebow era. I believe he was there when Tebow beat the Steelers in the wild card round that one year. Awesome stuff. My favorite Broncos memory in football history. Because uh, I hate Ben Roethlisberger. I hate you. I hate you, Ben Roethlisberger. I hate you. I hate you. Um... Yeah, man. I mean, Carr, I love Carr. That's my quarterback. I don't feel like we need to make any kind of moves. I hope we get him more weapons. I hope we're healthier. I hope we continue to build off our success this season. But having six L's coming out of your division every year is tough because you ain't guaranteed to win the other 11 games, bruh. And now, I mean, AFC West just got tougher. So I hope the Raiders get tougher. But let's be a little, a little realistic about it, man. <sighs> so, yeah. Best of luck, Russell Wilson. Best of luck. I can't crap on a black quarterback, man. I hate my homes, too. No, I don't hate my homes anymore. I'm starting to get to that point. What happens is an athlete will come into the league and take the take the league by storm. So, for example, Kobe Bryant. Kobe came in the league, took the league by storm within his, like two or three years, putting up mad points. Uh, essentially, is seen as the as the heir apparent to Jordan, not knowing how much Kobe had really watched, or how Kobe's mind worked, and how much he watched and studied Jordan's game to essentially mimic his game and incorporate that into his talent. I hated Kobe for years. I hated Kobe until he wanted to be traded. And this is when he almost got traded to the Bulls. I hated Kobe until he dropped 81 on the Raptors. And I was like, oh, all right. All right, look. Obviously, I knew the dude was talent, but, talented. But at that time, it's just like, all right, there's something about this dude, man. And then the, the Mamba mentality stuff started to come out. And then one, once Kobe went through this whiny phase for me, like, of course, from the last years of the Lakers run before Shaq got traded, pretty much up until he adapted the persona of the Mamba, the Black Mamba. And then it's like, yo, this dude does not give a fuck. He wants to rip everybody's heart out. And how can you not respect that? Another, oh, there's a curse word. My bad. That's one. Um, another example, LeBron. Hated LeBron for years. He he wore Jordan's number. That was one thing I hated about him. Never thought he was that talented. Was happy when the Spurs swept him. He went to Miami. Was happy when the Mavs beat him. I came around on LeBron eh, probably around the time they won the 2013 NBA Finals. Definitely by um, 20, the 2012 NBA Finals. Definitely after seeing them come back against the Spurs in 13, I was all in on LeBron in 14. And then I've been a LeBron fan for sure 
ever since he pinned that essay for Sports Illustrated, I believe, saying he's going back to Cleveland. And LeBron has been one of my favorite players since. And he's even eclipsed Jordan as my pick for the greatest player of all time. He's not my favorite of all time. Jordan's still my favorite, followed by AI, who I never hated. I loved AI from the gate. Followed by uh, Le- 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 LeBron be my third. Kobe's probably my third favorite player. So LeBron's like top five, at least. Top five, top ten favorite player of all, ever. I mean, that that's a list that could be broken down at, at one point if I'm feeling real sporty. so Because I've already done the debate way back, if you want to go through the archives, about Jordan versus LeBron and why I chose LeBron over Jordan as my greatest of all time in the NBA. Um, but I'm just going to write down favorite NBA players. Maybe we can re- revisit that at some point. It'd be a nice little segment to kind of break down like the top 10 and why. I, I don't mind that idea. <sighs> Where was I? And, and Mahomes, I hated him forever. He was a chief. I didn't mind him winning the Super Bowl, whatever. He was a chief. <laughs> it was really that red and yellow, man. I didn't even like Joe Montana when he was a chief. And for the longest time, before rational thinking and, you know, Tom Brady happened, Joe Montana was my greatest quarterback of all time. Like, the comebacks, the four Super Bowls, there was no quarterback to me who was on that level. Not Marino, not um, not Elway, and there, there was another one around that, that time frame who uh, I can't, not, not far, I never thought he was the greatest of all time. I love Montana so much, but when he was a chief, I I preferred to think he didn't exist, even though I was, I was real young. I was like, he went to the Chiefs in what, 93? So I was 10. So like 10, 11, 12. Well, like 96 might have been his last year as a Chief when he retired or something like that. I just prefer to think he didn't exist. It made, it made my life so much easier. <laughs> so much easier to handle. So it was mostly because Mahomes played for the Chiefs. And I even said some foul stuff about wanting bad things to happen to the Chiefs this season before they played the Raiders. And then the Raiders went and jumped all over the logo and got their butts kicked in Kansas City. Good day for me. That's called karma. Um, but I mean, I I was really watching him against the Bills, though, man. And God bless the Bills. I really hope they continue to be good, them and Josh Allen. I hope that there actually is a, a Brady and Manning-esque rivalry between Mahomes and Mahomes and Allen. It'd be cool. But... I mean, I just got to give it to him, man. Mahomes is is a freak of nature, man. I I reluctantly respect him. I reluctantly respect Kelsey, even though he gives me big crunk vibes. But I'm getting to the point where it's like, look, I'm a certain age where I have to appreciate watching these players and what they're doing, even if they're they're at the Spence Moan team. You know, like, yeah, the Raiders are chalking down one to two losses a year because of the Chiefs, but. Who knows when you're going to see it again? I mean, we all expect that talent will rise up and replace the talent we have now, but you just aren't guaranteed that. So the icing on all of that before I get to the nitty gritty, because I feel like this is a good place to to jump. Khalil Mack, <laughs> traded by the Raiders in 2017, 2018 to the Bears has been traded by the Bears out of all the teams in the NFL, could have chose any team that wasn't these three teams, that being the Chiefs, that being the Broncos and Russell Wilson. He's going to San Diego. God bless America. As far as my Bulls go, they beat the Pistons last night. I think they snapped a three-game losing streak. We're getting healthier, though. Lonzo's going to be back soon. Crusoe's going to be back soon. So good good vibes, man. Uh, it's okay. We we were on a, we had a little hot streak. Like, right after I, I was talking about how I wasn't sure about the next X amount of games, we went on another winning streak before All-Star, game, All-Star break. So things are okay. It's perfectly fine that we've lost a few. Perfectly fine. So I'm, I'm going to turn off my heater for this.
next topic. As I bring up my notes and my notes is Wikipedia. Because I don't want to mispronounce any, I don't want to miss any actors or anything like that. I knew this past weekend the Batman was coming out. I had been pretty low-key excited about Batman. Even with the announcement of Robert Pattinson because despite him being Edward Cullen and yes, I've watched all of the Twilight movies now and they're fine. He has a lot of great acting chops to his name. So knowing they were going to continue forward with Matt Reeves' original direction as the director because this was originally going to be the um, the Batfleck movie, the Batfleck solo movie and then he backed out a few years ago Dropped out of the role and dropped into J-Lo. hi <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, not sorry. I was not worried about Batman. I was like, all right, th- this should be cool. This, sh- this should be cool because DC, while their extended universe um, could use some work, uh, especially compared to Marvel's, and it, it gets a lot of crap from from comic book fans and stuff for the stuff they've messed up. I still enjoy watching Batman v Superman. I know it's trash, but I still enjoy it. I probably just pulled up my shirt. You all could see that. Let me take this second, uh, in case for anybody watching, uh, please take the time to uh, like like the video and subscribe to the video and leave a comment and hit that bell and you'll never miss a notification from my YouTube channel, Hyphen Universe, just in case you're watching it on there. And if you happen to run across this in podcast audio land, Whatever podcast platinum platinum form, whatever podcast platform you're listening to, please hit subscribe. If it's Apple Podcast, if it's Spotify, give me five stars. If you hate the show, write a review and I'll read it on here. We'll talk about it on here. Okay? But give me five stars. I wasn't worried about Batman. And I watched the trailers. The trailers were cool. They look solid. I know people had doubts about the trailers, but I knew no matter what happened by the end of the day on March 6th, by the time that clock was at 11.59 on March 6th, I was going to have seen the Batman. I woke up at 10 on Sunday. Got to sleep in. I had my ticket for a noon showing by 11. I showered up, made the trek across town. I went to Hollywood because AMC was crazy booked. Made trek across town out to Regal. Hollywood Theater is what it says outside. It's, it's Regal. Took my seat and was gripping the edge of my seat for damn near three hours because the Batman is the best Batman movie that's ever been made. And I said it. I ain't scared to say it. I'm not going to spoil a damn thing. Not a word. I'm not going to talk about this characterization. Well, I'm going to talk a little bit about that, but I ain't going to spoil no plot. I ain't going to tell y'all what happened. I ain't going to do none of that. Because as much as I have been in the past an advocate of just talking about what has happened in a film and getting right to the business, I will not do that now. You need to go see the best Batman movie that has ever been made. If you care about a good movie, period, want to go see a movie, don't give three S's about Batman, but want to see a good movie. Go see the Batman, and I'll tell you why. You know how me and Marcus, when we were talking about Dark Knight's uh, what was it, uh, 10-year anniversary, uh, way back, again, it's in the archives. Go check it out. Uh, you can find that on uh, hyphenpodcastgroup.com. You can find it there. Uh, you can go to uh, podpage.com slash hyphenation. All of that's in there. Or you can just uh, scroll through your favorite podcast listening platform until you see um, the episode about Dark Knight, it's somewhere in the 80s, Mark Rob, I think. Because um, we covered uh, Batman 89 in, in 2019. So it's somewhere in the 80s, I think, uh, where me and Mark Rob talk about the Dark Knight. 
You know how in The Dark Knight, it doesn't feel like a superhero movie. It feels like a great movie with Batman in it. This one does the exact same thing. And the crazy thing is, as grounded and as realistic as The Dark Knight was, this film is even more grounded. And I, I don't know who I was saying this to. I think I was trying to tell, tell Matt this the other day. But you know how, like, Batman 89, Batman Returns uh, was kind of set. It wasn't present day, so it wasn't, it wasn't 1989. It wasn't 1991. It was, the cars were old. The technology was new. But they're kind of telling, showing this city that was still, like, a 40s vibe, 40s, 50s vibe. And then, even in the Dark Knight um, trilogy, it was more modern, obviously, but at the same time, it still felt like you weren't in present day. This movie puts you 2022 Gotham MF and City. And this film is just as much of a love letter to Gotham City as I've ever seen in a Bat film. The Dark Knight was about Gotham City. But it was also about Harvey Dent. It was a Harvey Dent movie. It was about, it was definitely a Joker film. It was about, it was a Bruce Wayne slash Batman film story. But this story is all about how my life got flipped, turned up, so I couldn't help myself. It's all about how Gotham is essentially caving in on itself. We, we come into this film two years into Batman's career. So we don't have to see the pearls get broken. We don't have to see him learning like a la Batman Begins. We don't have to see an older Batman, which we got in Batman v Superman and Justice League. We see a young, not ready for prom time player Batman in this film. And Pattinson kills it as Batman and he kills it as Bruce Wayne because his Bruce Wayne isn't. I feel I feel really um, Stephen A. A-ish with this, this passion. His Batman is not playboy bruce wayne like you you know how they alluded like to like uh, nolan christopher nolan alluded to playboy bruce and like when alfred's like well you know you got to kind of make appearances and stuff if you're going to be running around the streets like crazy person and then that's when he like he bought the hotel that the ho the models were swimming in the the water um display the, the the whatever you call it the the water feature the water feature he's like oh, i just bought this hotel blah 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 and he would put on the front and of course the beginning of the dark night when uh like he has the party and then joker shows up and threatens um rachel and then of course he shows up but he's, he's just right behind the joker and everything so the the playboy does not exist yet this bruce wayne literally is a recluse nobody sees this dude he, he shows up, he comes out in broad day at one point, pull, driving the car and everything. No drivers, anything like that. Comes comes out broad day and everybody's like, Bruce Wayne? Bruce Wayne? Blah, 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 blah. Hello, and welcome to Movie Fold. From the minds that brought you, it's like a podcast or whatever, Hyphen Nation, and all other Hyphen Podcast group productions. We are proud to present We Should Do This Again Sometime with Cat Chinetti and the Mark Rob. There's action, adventure, comedy, and danger. If you like movies, then this is for you. We Should Do This Again Sometime is rated PG-13 for language and some thematic elements. Get your tickets wherever you get your podcast. Goodbye. His dad, Thomas, was running for mayor in this movie. But Bruce Wayne is not the playboy. He's still wounded by his parents' death, as Batman always is. But he's also a very hyper-aware Bruce Wayne. Like, he, he there's, there's no playing with this dude he's the bad at night he's batman all the time bruce wayne is a something he has to do i gotta do it i love christian bale's batman i love michael keaton's batman i personally like val kimmer's batman 
I could take or leave Clooney's and R.I.P. to the God Adam West, man. And I enjoyed Bat Batfleck. I enjoyed Ben Affleck's portrayal too in Batman v Superman. I still haven't watched Justice League. Neither. Neither one of them. Sorry, not sorry. <sighs> I loved Bruce Wayne and I loved Batman. He knocked both of those out of the park. And I'm going to leave Robert Pattinson right there. Kudos to you, sir. Thank you. Zoe Kravitz as Catwoman. Another piece of fantastic casting. And she was her own Catwoman. Like, of course, we all know Michelle Pfeiffer's ultra uber sexy Catwoman from Batman Returns. We know the Catwoman from the animated series. We know the Catwoman from the comic books when him and Bruce were, or her and Bruce were dancing around getting married and they were they're together and it was always this, will they or won't they? Or DC's like, they're going to bang on a roof. It's going to sell millions of copies. Yeah, that, that happened too. <laughs> and even, why am I so terrible with names? Oh, hold on. Gosh. Even Anne Hathaway's portrayal of Catwoman in Dark Knight Rises. What is wrong with me? She, it, it was, it was, it was cool for what it was. She didn't, she had a lot to do, but at the same time, she was still very contained within the Bane, Batman, Talia of it all, of Dark Knight Rises. Zoe Kravitz walks in right off the comic book page. It's got big year one vibes from Batman. Go read that. It's got big long Halloween vibes. Go read that. It's got all of the, all of the sultry sexiness you want from Catwoman, but it's not over the top. It's not so as over the top as Michelle Pfeiffer. Honestly, her character doesn't even try to be sexy. She doesn't. She's about what she's about. She puts her mind to something. She's going to do it. She doesn't care if Batman's in or not. And she, her portrayal of both Selena and her portrayal as Catwoman, A+. Plus. Don't know what the snap was. I really got to stop doing that. Coke break. For those of you not watching the video, again, Coke Zero. I'm just going to keep going down the list. Paul Dano is Edward Nigma. Oh, I'm sorry. Edward Nashton. Edward Na Nashton? Nashton? What a weird... Nashton. Na Nashton. Nashton. <laughs> As Edward Nigma, a.k.a. the Riddler. My man was shooting viral... TikToks, man, he was doing TikToks about the foul stuff he was up to. It was so dope. It was so set in reality, man, because as effed up as this world is, as effed up as it is, with all the social media that causes us so much anxiety every day, most people, so much anxiety every day, trying to, you know, look at an Instagram and seeing those perfect poses and thinking, why is it my life like that and everything? The fact that this criminal was using that to his advantage and really leaning into the social media in a Batman movie in 2022 spot on especially with this character because he's not muscle and he even says that at one point in this movie he's not the physical character he's he, his gifts are in his brain that's his talent not the muscles so to see him rely on that so dope. And and let me tell you, every time that man dropped the riddle, guess who came up with the answer? Bruce. No problem. There was there was no cuz if you remember 95 Batman Forever, like Val Kilmer Bruce had to think about it a little bit and like some of them uh he normally would get there, but there was like there was like a, a brief pause to kind of show that he was struggling with it. Nah, Batman was on every one. He's like like he read it like it's this. It's this. It's this. It's this. It's like he studied the answers before the test. And even with it being about the Riddler, 
up until the final the final end of the movie, it's all up in the air, man. He's a credible threat throughout the film. So dope. And he lived. That's a little spoiler, but he's still around. Ugh. Also, I try to figure out where I knew Paul Dano from, and it turns out I was the girl next door. <laughs> uh, underrated teen comedy of the 2000s. Jeffrey Wright as James Gordon. I first came to recognition of who Jeffrey Wright was from the Hunger Games movies. And shame on me if I don't know his filmography better, man. I, I followed him all through his while he tore down Donald's administration for years. And I'm sure he still is crusading on the uh, for, for the good guys, so to speak. And I don't mean left and I don't mean Democrat. I just mean for what's right which a lot of people have a problem with. Oh, did I say that? It's hyphenation. I say what I want. Dang, I'm on one. His portrayal, James Gordon. Again, he's not Commissioner Gordon. Not a bad thing, though. <clears throat> Excuse me, I'm sorry. I'm excited. Not a bad thing, though. His relationship with Batman, it's not the whole show up at the bat signal, this is wrong, he disappears and then make a, a pun, a bad pun about him disappearing all the time. I think Batman does that to him once. And then another time Batman does it to another cop, but not to James. Him and James are literally damn near partners in this movie at times. And it's, it's, it's almost like their best crime fighting friends, which is crazy. Be best crime fighting friends. That's, that's how they felt. The whole time, there wasn't a second, even in the most dire situations, that James Gordon didn't believe Batman. He had the vigilantes back. He had vengeance as ba back. Also very cool that people weren't run running around the whole movie calling him Batman. It was always vengeance, 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 you know? It, was, it wasn't Batman, Batman, Batman. Oh my God, Batman, you know? It, it was, they, never, they did really well to, obviously, he's the vigilante at Gotham City. He called himself Vengeance at the beginning of the movie. And in the whole movie, like even Catwoman was calling him Vengeance, 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 Vengeance. So apparently he'd been running around calling himself Vengeance for a minute. <laughs> I mean, it makes more sense than, than a dude running around calling himself Batman. <laughs> Especially two years in, you know? I mean, the, there was a headline or two that said Batman, but and maybe some news reports. But Jeffrey Wright is incredible. John Turturro. Last time I think I thought about John Turturro was the Transformers movies, the original ones. So that would have been Dark of the Moon was the last one I watched. As Carmine Valcone. I, I personally think he should get a Best Supporting Actor nomination. I personally think that, I'm going to start say right now, John Turturro should be up for Best Supporting Actor. I'm going to say it again. John Turturro should be up for Best Supporting Actor. He, and this film had three villains in it. Three villains, which is crazy because we always say, oh, it's too many villains. They had three villains in it. Carmine was your, was your, your ground level crime boss villain, you know, who was just always out of Batman's reach. And he was just so good in every scene. I keep saying that about everybody, but it's so true. Everybody was so freaking good Totoro should be best supporting actor nominated give him the nomination hold on I got a phone call hello yeah this is Kellen Conley yeah yeah I, I would love to nominate John Totoro for uh, best supporting actor in 2023 thanks thanks for asking <laughs> Uh, would I have done that if I wasn't recording video? Who knows? Nobody knows. <laughs> Andy Serkis is Alfred. I loved Andy Serkis. I don't. I don't. I don't mess with Lord of the Rings. I don't like it. Whatever. Good. Good for everything he did for Lord of the Rings. Whatever. It's not for me. Not for me. And that's fine. I loved him as Claw, especially in Black Panther. Andy Serkis. 
to see what he brought the claw, especially in Black Panther, and then see the the subtle, warm, caring, yet resolved way that he played Alfred Pennyworth. Michael Caine's Alfred was really dope, but he might have some competition for real. Because we only got a small chunk of Alfred in this movie. Like, Alfred was helping with, with some of the puzzles and stuff. And I said that Batman solved the little riddles, but there were some puzzles that uh, that Alfred took the liberty of looking at before Batman. He was solving puzzles. He was running Wayne Manor. He was doing the books. He was he was a Mr. Do-It-All. And then they took... And, and then... He, he just had such a small part. I'm not going to spoil it. Uh, but he really didn't, he didn't factor into the, the finale of the film as much as you thought he would. And it actually works that he didn't because of how they, his journey throughout the film, because of his journey throughout the film and then what actually transpired um, from his journey, especially for Bruce slash Batman, it works so well. But just in those brief scenes that he had, he was so good. So good. God. I got one more. One more. I forgot he was this character. Oswald Cobblepot Penguin, played by Colin Farrell. <laughs> Again. He wasn't in the movie as much as you thought he would be either. His journey throughout the film did not need him to be there at the end. Though he doesn't pop up at the end. And when you see it, because you're going to go see it after this, you'll understand why. I was completely lost in his character every time. DeVito's character, the characterization of Penguin was just so comical and over the top. It was good, and it worked in the Burton Batverse. But this, again, this penguin is ripped right out of uh, Arkham City, out of uh, Arkham Asylum, Arkham City, um, Arkham Knight, those games. Out of animated series, even. This is the Oswald Cobblepot that he has evol- that the evolution had uh, that Tom has brought him to. Like, of course, like from the superpowers in the 80s, he was like the purple pants and the umbrella and, you know, and we kind of got that characterization except in more black in 91 and Batman Returns. But this is what the Penguin characters evolved to in 2022 after years and years of Bat continuity along with the animated series. This is the Oswald Cobblepot. We know this is the Penguin. And this is probably the best thing Colin Farrell's ever done. He might be up for supporting actor. I don't think he had enough screen time. But he's so good. I'm going to go see the movie again. Marcus has seen it twice already. I'm going to go see it again this weekend. And I words cannot express. I, I've tried. Words can't express how good this film is. It's better than No Way Home. And No Way Home is an amazing movie for me because it's Spider-Man. And one last thing, one last thing. I don't give enough respect to Batman on this pod. It's always been like a pro Spider-Man pod and then different characters. Batman's always been my number two guy. But at the same time, it's like Batman is always, you know, it's like, who's your favorite superhero? I like Batman. I'm hitting my microphone. I like Batman. You know, that that's just the default answer. No one messes with Superman. Shout out to my man, Michael Bailey. You gotta come on the pod, man. We gotta talk. We ain't talked in years, bro. We gotta talk, Michael Bailey. Um, you know, it's always default. Why do you like Batman? Cause he's normal and he's he's his body is at peak Olympian uh and he just goes out there and beats people up and he's so smart. Blah 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 blah. I I I tend to not get into my Batman fandom too much because it's the cool thing to do. Uh kinda like and and uh, Eric Eric will speak to this and some Bane about how he feels about Wolverine. How everybody's like, "Yo, Wolverine's so cool, blah, 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 Wolverine." And of course, he's been overexposed by Marvel and by the movies and stuff. So it's hard to see that to Wolverine there actually is a nuanced character in there. Most people don't see that. 
Nobody sees that. They just see the claws and, you know, and him being in all the issues. And he's an Avenger. He's in Secret Defenders. He's in X-Men. This is my Wolverine dance. I don't know what I'm doing, but he's just everywhere. And Batman's the same thing. He He's in Justice League. He's showing up over here. He's popping up in um in the um crypto movie, in the Super Pets movie, making jokes, uh, talking to a, another dog who apparently is a... He's just so overexposed. But I love Batman more than anybody else that's not named Spider-Man. And the fact that this was a detective movie. There were toys. There was fighting. But the movie, The Batman, that is, was so based on Batman's detective skills and his ability to figure out what the next move was going to be for the Riddler. And the fact that the the plot was just constantly based on what Batman was going to find out and it, it the the crime of it all. Oh man. I love Batman. And I, I don't give him enough credit because I feel like it's played out. But I love Batman. This is my favorite Batman movie. Bar none. I don't need to watch rewatch the Dark Knight to know. I don't need you know, Dark Knight was number one. I don't need to watch Batman 89 to know. This is the best Batman film of all time. The best Batman film of all time. One more time from the people in the back. This is the best live action and probably anime. I'm going to say all time because I'm not going to say Mask of Phantasms better and I don't know Batman's animated library like I would Spider-Man. This is the best Batman film of all time. Go get yourself a ticket. Carve yourself out three hours and watch a great movie and a great Batman movie. I'm done. No spoilers. I did it. Woo. All right. Yeah, I clipped on that one. Oh, well, life goes on. So if you want to reach out to the show, Hyphen Nation, hosted by me, Kellen Conley, in case you didn't know. You can do so at b at gmail.com, b h y p h e n at gmail.com, the b hyphen on Instagram, b hyphen on Twitter, and hyphen universe on Facebook. If you want to go to hyphen podcast group route, you can do so by going to hyphen pie group on Twitter, hyphen podcast group on Facebook, or hyphen podcast group on Instagram, or hyphen podcast group at gmail.com. You can do all those things and get a hold of me. Like I said earlier, Whatever podcast platform you listen to, I appreciate you. If it happens to be Apple Podcasts or Spotify, give the show five stars. If you watched The Batman and you hated it and you want to tell me how much I, my, my Stephen A. impersonation sucked and how much the movie sucked, please put that in the reviews and I will gladly read it on an upcoming episode. I don't mind at all. Please do. Okay? Again, if you're watching this on YouTube, the channel's called Hyphen Universe. Right now, I'm uploading on Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. Um, normally, it's hyphenation content, uh, some vlog content that I, I've been shooting every now and again, and then Rasslecast Power Hour content. Uh, please check that out. You can subscribe, uh, leave a comment. You can uh, uh, like the videos. That really helps. And then if you hit the bell, you won't miss any notifications when a video goes up. It's, it's a real cool thing to do. Hyphenuniverse.com, hyphenpodcastgroup.com. I have a link tree. It's link.tree slash be hyphen, I think. It has all the, like, I literally just rotate out whatever I post that day. It goes to the top, and I, I keep the links pretty fresh. And at the bottom, it has hyphen podcast group and hyphen universe and the YouTube channel. And it has all my socials on there as well. Um, I'm getting ready to launch my coffee, pay, coffee page where you can actually donate um, to the show. The minimum is a dollar. Well, it's not even the show. You can donate to me as a creator. So I'm creating, of course, podcasts like this, video content. I'm writing and I'm also working on new music. So the coffee page is getting ready to launch. So be on look look out for that on my socials. That'll be hella dope. Um, yeah. Power of Positivity is real. Get that negativity out of your life. No matter what it may be, no matter what you have to do, you got to do you. That's right. Give people their flowers while they're still here. 
Call your mom, call your dad, call your brother, call your sister. Let them know how much they mean to you. You never know when it's their time to go. Um, just got some rough news on my um from my um my uh mom my stepdad's side of family. Uh, so thoughts and prayers are with them. Good vibes and all that. Um, to anybody who hears the sound of my voice, um, friend, foe, enemy, best friend, loved one, I love you. I appreciate you, and you mean the world to me. I mean that. What else? Like I said, reach out to the people you love. Oh, yeah. Have genuine interactions with people. You never know what the next man or woman is going through. And your kind interaction with them could save their life or someone else's. So always try to remember that out in these mean streets. I know the world is crazy. But uh, try to be kind, man. Always try to be kind. 195 is in the can. This has been the Barack Obama approved world's greatest podcast. Again, I wouldn't be punching the air if I wasn't on video. I'm so weird on video. I appreciate each and every one of y'all who listened to the podcast. If, um, oh, oh, if there's any, any podcast, uh, that, uh, it's not on your favorite podcast listen device say you, or, or platform. Say you listen to it on some rando thing. It's like, oh, hyphenation in here. Let me know. Or any other show that's on hyphen podcast group, let me know. And I will do my best to get that resolved for you. I like to throw that in there too. But thank you for listening. It's always a pleasure. Go see the Batman. Please, don't delay. And I say all that to say this. Thanks, y'all. This is a hyphen podcast production. Are you not entertained?